Does your business need easy, competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big-ticket items. Just fill out an application, and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit cocurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA currency pursuant to CFL license 60, DBO-54873. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me he's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hang on it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Kyle. Beautiful. God, that's good. God, you never fail. Nope. Go Big Red indeed. No block. No rock. There's no comma. Season three. <laughs> episode 27. <laughs> Coming at you. You know that's so fitting. <laughs> Go, why? What? We have, a, we have literally a former Hale, like Hale Varsity guy with us right now. So we that's do. just funny that they misspelled our name on the, in the magazine. So that's, that's, that's funny. Season three, episode 27. <laughs> we don't need to linger. Coming at you from the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. In the, the main lobby, I guess. In front of the taps. In the pinball machines. They're all lighting up behind me. We never recorded in this room until last week, and here we are for the second week in a row. I like it. I like being that close to the beer. It is nice. Yeah. It's, it's like where we had five-foot walk, ten-foot walk, whatever. I'm not good at math. Well, and it's where we had our most passionate argument to date, probably. Yeah. yeah just that's so. not true. Nah. The time well. that Kyle got up and almost left, I, I, I was remember, about to leave. Oh, yeah, shit, I remember right. Kyle standing up and pulling his headset <laughs> I off. Forgot <laughs> I forgot about that one. That was, that was season two, right? Yeah, I don't know what all that is. They blur together. It was before the season. Let's go and talk about what we are each drinking. I looked at the taps and I said, "Is that the, is that the Faros? The Faros Otters Red? Wow! Give me some of that Faros. The it's back baby. The the redhead <laughs> with his full blown Irish accent. Yeah. I looked at the bears and I said, "Give me a Faros." <laughs> Give me a feckin' faddles. Oh, my God. Give me a feckin' faddles right away. I appreciate you. I love you. Um, how, how, how exactly would you, like, if it was on a website, right, and you had yeah. the, the, the description, how would you describe the faddles? The same way you just did, right? Yeah, no, uh, I can't do that accent. But, um, no, it, it's super malt-forward, really. Um, very nice, easy-drinking beer. Again, it is malt-forward, so you're not going to get any of that bitterness on it. It's about 5% alcohol, so you can have a few of them. Yeah. It, it is a great beer for the spring. Like, yeah. it, it's just perfect. St. Patty's Day is around the corner. And exactly. why not enjoy it with an Irish beer? Yeah. I can, it's almost like that was done intentionally. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the family is Irish or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Now, Mike, you've also got the Farrells, but you're going to talk about something else. Oh, yeah, Mike? so I had the Farrells, and yeah. I switched to the Prickleberry, which... People who are listening that are like, hey, Nebraska Brewing Company, they don't have a sour beer. Yes, they do, and it's awesome. So uh, come yeah. in here, give that a try. That is uh, one of my new go-tos. It's a prickly pear and raspberry. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of flavor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I am drinking the Tacarveza. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and yeah. actually, there is somebody else on the podcast today that's also drinking the Taco Vesa because we're also eating tacos again mm-hmm. for the second week in a row. That's right. But Greg Smith... 
You are here, and you are drinking the Taco Vesa. I, I definitely am. It is delicious. I, I do enjoy it. I, I didn't know that I would be sharing the same beer as you. I would have went like a little bit different, just so we could all have something different. But that's okay. That's yeah, right. that's okay. It's fine. The sponsors are pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as he's we sitting there. Yeah, yeah, I'm right here. Don't worry. <laughs> you said you wanted something light, and that's that's the go-to grade A light beer that NBC provides. Well, and you're not like yeah. the only person that walks in the door and they're like, well, I really like light beer. And we're like, oh, Taco Vesa. Yeah. Every time. Every yeah. time yeah. someone walks strong in. Strong recommendation. Taco Vesa. Yeah. You guys have built trust. Yeah. Yes. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, this is like the Brandon Riley beer. This is what he yeah, gets every that, time he's the in B, here. B. Riley special. That's yeah. right. Okay. Now, you, you had mentioned Greg Smith's name. He is the senior recruiting analyst, recruiting reporter at Inside Nebraska, part of the the Rivals Network. Uh, did I describe that correctly? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. How do, how do you feel being named that the senior recruiting analyst? How does that feel? How, does that roll off the tongue or what? It, it does. It does. Um, <laughs> I feel important. Um, I can't lie. No, it feels good. Like it, it's befitting, right? Like it feels so many people always ask me, like, what does that actually mean? And I just say it means I do a lot of recruiting stuff. Like it really doesn't mean anything different um, versus if I was just the recruiting analyst. Um, I couldn't say and lie and say that I'm in charge of more people. Um, there's like one. That counts. That's more. Yeah, that is you're, more than just having me. So yeah, it, it, it definitely feels important. You're in charge of the junior recruiting analyst. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whoever that is. In charge of the intern. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. All right. Well, so the 2023 class for Nebraska football has wrapped up. Um, according to Rivals, they were ranked the 24th class. Yep. Just looking at the the first-year guys, not transfers just yet, but okay. the freshmen that Matt Rule and company have recruited, is there a first-year impact guy, a true freshman that stands out that you think could make an immediate impact? Man, I, I, my, the, the first name, I'll go with the first name that came to mind when he said that, and that's linebacker Eric Fields mm -hmm. um, out of Oklahoma. Really neat story of kind of how that all came together um, as a guy who was very under-recruited um, throughout this process. And I, I still, for the life of me, can't really figure out why. Like, I spoke with his high school coach um, down in Ardmore, Oklahoma, about this, and he, he said his words that no one ever stops there, and so that's why he was under-recruited. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I can't verify it, but I will go with what coach says. Um, um, and so he's a kid that's really fast. He had a really good 200-meter dash, really good 60-meter um, dash or 60-yard dash as well, was a tackling machine um, down in Oklahoma. And I think he's a guy that can come in – I hate to even bring this name up this early in the podcast because it's hard feelings uh -oh. at this point. But uh -oh. I know it's Hausman, um, <laughs> oh. and, and, and could come in and maybe play like he did early on. But the the difference here is is because of the change in defense. We don't know whether or not that Eric Fields is going to be kind of a, a inside linebacker at that second level in the three three five under Tony White, or if he's going to be whatever they call the rover position, that middle guy in the five on the back end. I am personally angling. Um, for them to call that something cool like we need that like bones or I, it can't be the husker like it can't it, it needs to be okay, oh. like the herbie like something like bones i can just see something. it now this is gonna be so left field but it's the boner <laughs> no, <laughs> no. i walked you right into <laughs> yeah that. you did Did it? didn't bo have a name for that it was yeah, like eric hag ran it yeah it was a peso yeah i remember yeah, Bo different had a name schools for have it. different, like New Mexico State or New Mexico, they, it's the Aztec um, because mm -hmm. it's that they have a cool sounding mascot. So it gets to roll like that. I just don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that here. We'll see. When like, people I'm, say, I'm hoping so. When people say Husker, all I can picture is the fat blonde farmer. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> want him being my 
peso or my Aztec. It, or my Husker. It's so much cooler if it was yeah. Aztec. Like it really is. Like yeah. right. So they just will probably have to leave it at Rover unless somebody on staff is really creative and figures out a way uh, to go with it that way. Yeah. yeah, Husker is not the most intimidating thing. No, no. <laughs> and you, you know, you mentioned Eric Fields, and he came up a, a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about how Matt Rule. And I, I know he was asked this question during his presser, but he sounded like he wanted to talk about Eric Fields. Like, like that was almost his kind of personal project was yeah. Eric Fields. And you look back and for me, it was like, like uh, CTB when yeah. he was recruited, like he was a underrated guy and Scott fuck really made it a point to like mention him in the press yeah. conference. Cause he's an athletic dude. We don't know exactly like where we're going to put him, but the potential and you can see it now. Like yeah. Starting oh, yeah. the NFL and making an impact. That's where we give credit to old Scott. But that's just who Eric Fields reminds me of is the CTB of his first recruiting class. So, which is interesting because that of uh, I will say the previous regime. There we uh, go. Yeah. The, I've learned quickly. Um, was <laughs> was really outside of Cam Jurgens was really like their biggest like kind of development win right? yeah like, yeah you just hope that there would have been more of them so hopefully Eric Fields gets that ball rolling for Matt Rule um and then it kind of goes from there and I do agree with you totally like he wanted to bring him up he was actually the only guy if you go back and look at that December press conference he was the only guy Matt Rule called by name yes like Malachi didn't get a, a name drop like it was, Eric Fields was the only one that got name dropped um which is generally a good sign like the staff is very very high on him yeah uh something that we talk about a lot on this podcast is special teams and so I want to talk about this this kicker that we just got from Westside. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I got to thinking the other day, I was like, you know, what what have we been missing, right? You get to the 35-yard line, the 40-yard line, and it seems like we don't have it, – it never comes across as like this is a point possibility. Yep. You get you get to just outside like 30, you know, 40 yards to 50 yards and you're like, yeah, we're going to be punting here. And it's like there's no possibility for points. So I just I just want to kind of hear your opinion on this kicker. Alvano, right? Yeah, Tristan Alvano yeah. from Omaha West Side. Um, I, I have a great opinion of Tristan Alvano. When we did, we were asked on, kind of on our insiders board about, you know, who are your like three favorite recruits or your three that you think are going to make an impact. And anytime I'm ever asked about that, I include Tristan Alvano. And part of the reason is, is it sounds like it's kind of a cool thing to say. It's like, oh, it's off the wall. It's wacky. It's the kicker. It's a kicker. But yeah. he's, I think he's going to start right away, right? And as a, a kicker will provide you a lot of points over his career if he ends up being a good one, especially when you're bringing him in as a scholarship guy for his freshman year um, and not making him wait at all for that. You would think that he's going to come in and play right away. So he's a kid that has already proven that he can make big-time kicks, made it to win the state championship for Westside. Um, he was very accurate otherwise throughout his career. He has a big leg as well then it's just kind of when a guy is that clutch that early on you just feel like you can trot him out there like you said once you get to a certain spot hopefully that's just points and as we've seen um in recent years mm -hmm. it, that can be a problem right and those points then add up to where if, if you're if you miss a couple of those kicks that'll lose you the game I, all I those is gonna be good all those one possession games yep. all close. those losses all those close losses <laughs> almost just, wins right yeah yeah, and yeah. You, the current kicker on the roster. Timmy Bleak Road, look, it's not like he did terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, he he was 9 of 12 on field goals. The, the only extra point that he missed was blocked. But it's like you said, as soon as they hit that 35, it's like, dang, they better, like, get to the 20 or 15 to even feel like this kick is good. Guaranteed. You know, it's not like you can trot Bleak Road out there for a 
45 to 50 yarder. No, that wasn't his thing. And part no. of that, you know what part of the other issue is too, is that the, it feels like, and God, it feel, I don't, it could not have possibly been this way, but it feels like every week Nebraska played somebody that had an All-American kicker. It yeah. couldn't have been no, that yes. because they can't all be All-Americans, but it felt like everyone else had one except for Nebraska, even though, like you said, Bleak Row was fine. Um, right. He just wasn't some of those other guys that you see around, especially just around the conference. It seems like kicking around the conference is always really good. Well, and, so, and even Bleak Road was similar to like Connor Culp the year prior where it's like, yeah, he only missed three, but it's the ones that he missed right. were so important. They cost you games. And that, that's why I felt like when the year Connor Culp won Big Ten Kick of the Year, I thought about the ones that he missed, and he only missed like two or three that season. Right. But like those two or three Very were, the, were the games that cost us, and we could have probably won five games that year instead of three. So to me, I hope that this guy has his head on straight. I mean, West Side kid, you know, just came off winning a state championship, so that would be ideal. So to Timmy's defense... Uh-oh. You say oh you can't trot him out for a 45 to 50 yarder. Uh-oh. Is that wrong? Over 40 yards, he was two for three. Where he was the least consistent was the 30 to 39 yarders, okay. which the, the realistically gimmies. should be chip shots. The gimmies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. And even at that, I mean, he was two for four, but I mean, that's a distance that you would kind of expect. You know, he was two for two from 40 to 49. You would expect if you can hit those. You should be hitting those thirty to thirty nine. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah. but to the point, yeah, it, no, it is, exactly. It is once you get down there, you're like, eh, it's still we're going iffy. for it. Yeah, it's iffy. it changes the way that you call plays. Too, yes. right? right. Like if you, if you've got that in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, maybe we need to put the ball in harm's way. Oh, and then here comes the turnover. Like you know, it, yeah. it kind of lends itself to that yeah. as well. Whether then if you don't, if you feel like you've got a guy that can make it, maybe you get a little bit more conservative. You know, you're going to get those points, and then we go mm-hmm. live to fight another day. Yep. Yeah, and. Maybe you'd agree with this, but there's like something mentally about a kicker, right? When it's a closer kick, it's there's more pressure because God, if I miss, then you know I suck. Yeah. But if I kick a 45 to 50 yarder, but if but I miss it, it's like well, it's not like I was supposed to really make this. So there's really no pressure. So maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I'm not yeah. a kicker. So if you if you knew anything about my golf game, you'd know that my short game struggles because I'm afraid I'm yeah. going to just blast <laughs> it and miss. And, you know, yeah. Right. Blade yeah. central. Um, yeah. One of the dumbest stats I always love to track, and I wish I could see this for Timmy for this last season, is which hash they kicked from. Like, I, I want to see, what, yeah, which side of the field they kicked yeah. from. Um, because I, I've noticed that for a right-footed kicker, the right side of the field, just dead on. They're always great from the right side of the field, but if you go to the left, that they either get in their head or you got to uh, you got to push it. Yeah, you got to push it over, and it, yeah. it becomes incredibly harder. Yeah. So enough about kickers. <laughs> now, now kickers are very important. Yeah, mind you, but linemen. Um, we know about the Arizona State transfer Ben Scott. Yep. I think we would expect him to be a starter. I, I think would, that's I pretty safe. That. Like you got to earn the job. Well, he's he's got it. Okay. Um, let's just talk about the four incoming freshmen. So you got Gunner, Gatula, Sam Sledge, Brock Knutson, and Mason Goldman, all from Nebraska, by the way. Shout out. Um, like, if we did, like, a two-year time lapse of them going through the rural development boot camp, okay. like, who of those guys is the one that fans should really know and is going to make an impact eventually? Because we know that linemen take a little longer, but who's that guy that emerges and fans should know about Sam Sledge um, is my pick for that one and I if if you've been reading what I've written over like the last year going back to last summer when I went out to Creighton Prep and saw him in a practice like I just love Sam Sledge like I love he's got he's an old school kid he's tough he's he, he has that mean streak to him that I like to see an offensive lineman but he's also very athletic like he was it's um, spent time as their punter um, he can do other stuff like he had um, is he 
at that point was going to be a center. I don't, I don't assume that that has changed, even though the coaching staff, like the head coach has changed, um, offensive line coach did not change. So hopefully that then stayed the same. And he was actually really looking forward to being a center at Nebraska. Like that was something that, as you guys know, has been a pain point around here for what? a long time, right? No, 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 you never heard that. Um, <laughs> and so having Sledge be excited for that, I thought that that was pretty cool. Like he hadn't obviously played that when you're the best offensive lineman in high school, you're always playing tackle. Like it's oh, yeah. very rare that you're not playing tackle. And so he said, you know, he's looking forward to moving into that role. And I think that he'll do very well there. This ties in though with Ben Scott and him being locked into that job what I assume as well. Um, I think most people do. And so he can learn behind Ben Scott, a guy who has already been in college for a couple of years and has kind of been through Power 5 program and all of that. You have a mentor, and then you can kind of take over. I think a couple of years from now, Sam Sledge is the guy for me out of that group that I would highlight the most. And, of course, that last name, too, Sledge. Great off right yeah. name. I was Come just going to ask, like, do we trademark Sledgehammer right now? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <Got> Boom. <laughs> Okay, and the next thing I want to ask you before we go on to 2024, um, we're seeing rules philosophy at play, right? He emphasizes speed, track speed. Um, what makes the rule philosophy different, hopefully better, than the previous regime, which seemed to have similar tendencies to target fast guys? Well, and like big, long guys. Like that was like their thing too, was like huge players, yeah. very tall players. So on, on the second part of that is, is interesting to me too, because the targeting like the huge long players, it felt like to me that it was more of a, we're very concerned about measurables and we want the team to look awesome. We'll see if they can actually play the all bus right? team, right? The all bus team. And if you, then this is where, where it all kind of ends up playing together. Cause you, like you see it every year. Like I think it's Athlon sports that does like the anonymous coach deal where they yeah. all kind of come out and what are they, they said for years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what Nebraska was that they would get off the bus. They look awesome. And then you kind of get out there and you're pushing them around a little bit. You want that to end number one, obviously. Yes. Um, but where I think the philosophies kind of like, they definitely differ is that this is where it comes into play that Matt Rule and a lot of his, a lot of the coaches on his staff have been there, done that with this, right? So if you ask those guys, they have all sorts of examples that they can rattle off to you of guys that they either, you know, we talk about the track speed, guys that either that played football and ran track at Baylor for them, did similar things at Temple, guys that they then had no situations and they turned into NFL players, guys that, you know, were really raw athletes and they turned them into all-conference receivers. Like them having an actual clear picture of what that needs to look like at the end of it will help them in the beginning when they're then identifying to try and develop those players like that to me is the huge difference in this is that that experience level especially from Matt Rule but also from a lot of the other guys on the staff that have been with him I think will be a major difference that you'll see pretty pretty early and I think a significant position of this you know you can talk about deep defensive backs you need fast defensive backs but they signed I think it was six true freshman wide receivers so is there like a wide receiver of that group that you think is going to be that next, you know, I, I forget the, the dude's name that Matt Rule keeps mentioning, the it's, Temple uh, to NFL. Petrie, or maybe a different guy. Um, uh, I can't it, think of the guy's name. I it forget, matter. but. But, the, it, the, man, it's Well, tough. Hassan Reddick is brought Hassan up. Reddick, okay. Okay. Yeah, Hassan Reddick, guys. We all know Hassan Reddick. Everybody should know Hassan Reddick. Yeah, at this point, you He know plays him. on Sunday. Yeah, he does. He was out there last week. It is tough to not say Malachi Coleman. Right. Because – 
if you look at just he is the perfect recruit for those guys um, where he's a kid that is all about relationships off the field. Like he's a great kid off of the field. Um, all of his NIL stuff kind of going to charity and all of that um, to help foster kids. But then on the field, his <laughs> combination of size and speed. And but still being kind of raw as a football player, like it, like as highly rated as he was, there's a long way to go for him in terms of the development of being a wide receiver. Um, so I definitely think him, but the guy that I always like to mention is Jaden Doss. Like, I think that Jaden Doss, Nebraska got a steal in Jaden Doss out of Kansas City. Um, and it was, he's an interesting case because he was, of all the receivers that were already committed to Nebraska, like kind of during that transition. He did not decommit. He didn't really he, – he got other calls and offers, but he didn't really look around much, right? And if you remember on signing day, he's kind of in the living room with the big smile, said mm-hmm. I was always solid. And I think that that is something that that, that the staff definitely took notice of oh, yeah. um, and really appreciates because you, you've got to get as many of those as you can when you've got so much going on. But outside of that, I think he's a terrific football player. He's a kid that can help you on the return game, can take jet sweeps, can play outside. Like I really like Jaden Doss down the road as well. Well, and it's kind of weird in this era of – uh, non-committables and, and and transfers and all this stuff, and you got a guy that seemed like he actually committed to the university. Right. It didn't matter who the coach was. He committed to the university, which you just don't see anymore. So I got, that's the type of guy that you want to root for, especially yeah. especially not even for, uh, like a local kid either. So Is this story, and I know this is kind of – like we talked about this earlier, and this is coming out of nowhere a little bit. Is it true that Kirby Smart – Drew a flew a helicopter to a high school. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay, that is true. Are you willing to? Do you know anything about that or like? No, I, I know who that was it he happened. Seen? Yeah, it was a kid in New New York. I want to say so. I don't, I don't. I'm not sure who it was. Um, but yes, that did happen. And it, I mean, <laughs> it had to have been a cool moment for the kid. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't mean, know. Way to make was. an entrance. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Can you, like, you walk around. Get to around, the chopper. <laughs> Kirby Smart flies in on a chopper. You walk around for the next week just oh, yeah. swinging dick. Like, yeah. What's up? Kirby Smart flew here and landed right over and there for me. And it was like me. the week, it was the week after the national championship, yeah. too, yeah. wasn't it? Like, yeah. 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 That's yeah. so sick. Like the ultimate boss move. Yeah, right. So is Kirby a little, uh, a little looking over his shoulder? Where, where's Matt? <laughs> yeah. Where's Coach Rule at? Is it kind of like that? Like, what's going on? In here? those situations, I would love to at some point do a story on that about like what it's like when those guys go to those schools. So, like, he wasn't because I I want to say that same day that Saban was at that school. So, whoever is there oh. is like a really big deal. Big time. Um, is a big yeah. time player. Um, but I would love to know like what happens because you see the photos sometimes. There was a photo of Lane Kiffin at the same spot as Kirby Smart. Um, this recruiting cycle as well. Like, I know it happens. There's always that overlap. There's only so many days that they can go out. So, I would love to know about those awkward. Stories stories about like what they're talking about when they're waiting in the hallway or what happens there like who doesn't like who like I would love to know about yeah that. like you know I, they're not standing on the sideline going yeah I really like his size yeah oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He's, oh yeah he's great yeah <laughs> so yeah. obviously the helicopter entrance is like a big deal we're sitting here talking about it yep. hear me out Nebraska gets a blimp <laughs> and we just fly it in circles around a high school no 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 <laughs> A spy balloon. Oh, no. We just can't get a shot down. <laughs> I want to avoid that. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. You're the king of spy balloon, isn't it? Oh TikTok, right? Isn't that it. the same thing? Oh, anyway. Nebraska has little red balloons that we release for every recruit. So that's no. where all our red balloons yeah, no, That's where all the red balloons went. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to get recruits. Damn it. That's awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if Matt Rule brings back the balloons, 
but to spy on others. Not not even for the games, just for to spy on others. No, I want to know the I want to know their plays. Yeah, <laughs> the balloons fly over, and we know their whole playbook. You walk play. into the stadium, they hand you a mini satellite. I'm like, Here you go. Sweet, <laughs> and let this hey, bitch go. Like here's this drone for you to fly around. <laughs> That's awesome. No drones anymore. Kyle found that out. Uh-oh. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> You almost got your shot down too, or what? No, you just like the <laughs> University of Nebraska. You just can't like you can't fly around. No, it there. is like a no fly. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, no, fly no, zone. no fly zone. Well, well and then they it, shoot it down. It, well, I was I was flying during a wedding one time, like in Fremont, and it was Nebraska versus Ohio State at the same time. And I was flying down a dirt road, following this convertible with like the bride and you know the girls in it and stuff. Sure. And this big message popped up and was like, "This is a no fly zone." And then I couldn't see anything. Crashed it straight into the Whoa. dirt. No. Yeah, yeah. shut what? me down completely. Okay. Yeah, hey, big you brother. were in Fremont? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Big thing Wait, popped up and said- How long ago was it? Uh, this would have been two years ago. I blame Scott. It was it, it was it was like the wildest thing. Yeah. But it, it popped up. It said, uh, no fly zone, like event, Nebraska, or NU versus, uh, what is it, OSU? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Whoa. And it just crashed your drone? I mean, it didn't. Cr- it was my fault because I couldn't see anything and I was still flying. Oh. So it, it drove straight <laughs> into the dirt. So the truth, the truth out. Okay, yeah. 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 We how the, the turntable. That's, yeah. yeah. that's amazing. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. It's crazy. Big brother is watching. No mm. matter. Yeah. Even in Fremont. <laughs> did that? Did that make Hold you want to fight Ryan Day? I went swinging. <laughs> yeah. And it was just crashed. got a fat head of him. Just punched holes in your wall. You know what? This kind of brings me back to that topic we had like earlier in the season, Greg. Okay. Oh, who is yes. the one head coach? Okay, we'll start with this. Who has the most punchable face in the Big Ten, football coaches wise? Like, make sure I don't miss anybody because I had a name right away. Uh, PJ Flex. Yes! yes, my man. <laughs> yeah. That was okay. a unanimous answer. Okay. Us. Who would win in a fight? Former head coach Scott or Jim Harbaugh? Oh, man, the problem with Harbaugh is, <laughs> is he's got that real crazy streak. Man. That's all he like, said. That's the he thing said, is that he doesn't seem like somebody that gives up easily. Like, unhinged. to end the fight, he has to be ended. Like, it has to be, like, yeah. You're going to have to put him down. Are you sure yeah, you don't to listen to down. us every week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was good. Harbaugh strikes me as, oh, shit, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> Harbaugh strikes me as World War II era Japanese, they don't give up without a fight. So you just got to drop the bomb on them. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus God. Christ. Jesus Christ. Wow. As, All right. As 2023 wraps up. <laughs> oh, my up. It's God. February. It's early well, February. No, no, I'm saying the, the class, I mean. I'm sorry. The class. Oh, my God. Um, let's go to 2024. Okay. The Holy Grail, you know. Great. I don't <laughs> I even need to say the name. I wonder you're going to ask about. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not. Let's, let's talk about. Dylan Raiola's recruitment. Oh, shot. Um, looks like uh, he's going to commit sometime soon, maybe within the next mm, two months, maybe. Looks like it's USC, Ohio. Or, oh, wow. Oh. No, not wrong. Them. Not them. Wrong. USC, Georgia, Nebraska. Talk about his recruitment. Just, I know it's a very vague. Just talk about it. Just talk, talk about, about it. it. So I will start with the fun part of this. So because oh, you'll ask, like, what what are the chances? Right. I will say that the chances are no longer zero. Um, they were zero under Scott. Um, <laughs> even, I want to point out he even paused and pointed to the yeah. bone. <laughs> Um, but now I think that there, there, there's a solid chance. I think that what's really like fascinating to me about this recruitment is that the Matt Rule effect 
that has happened really, really fast, right? And it had to happen fast based off of how many schools and the caliber of schools that are after Dylan. Um, they, Nebraska has done everything that they can to scratch and claw and get back into this recruitment. And to do that, though, they had to really – impress not just Dylan, but they've got to get mom. They've obviously got to get Dom. They had to figure out the weird situation with Donovan as well with being retained. That I don't want that's not the main reason. Uh, <laughs> but you, you feel like it's but part it of it, right? It helps. It helps, right? Yeah. Like it, it's an easier sell to go into the living room without having just fired his uncle. Um, it just makes sense. It right? is what it is. Yeah. They've all, Nebraska also, they went out there as much as possible as the rules allowed um, during the contact period here in January last month. Um, all of that apparently has gone very, very well, which all kind of culminated in Nebraska sending every assistant coach and pulling them off the road on that final day of the contact period and sending them to his high school. Nebraska would not have done that if they were not in the race, right? Like, I think that that's, you know, safe to say. Now, he, <laughs> the problem, though, on the other side of that is that Dylan could literally walk up to a map, pick a school, and they're going to take him. Like, there's no, like, when you're in, when you're that level, like, not only are you the number one quarterback, you're the number one player in the 2024 class from all services. There is no debate. Um, it, it can be really tricky. So you've got to fight all the way through. But Nebraska has some real advantages in its back pocket, right, with the, with the legacy of his dad, with his uncle being here, um, with kind of the family aspect that I think that Coach Rule really pushes as part of their recruiting strategy. I think that that's super important and has really helped as well. Um, but it's definitely going to be tough. I do think that it's going to be between Nebraska, Georgia, and USC. Um, and it's hard to it's hard to turn down both Georgia or USC. Right. Like on one hand, you have a team that is just ready made to continue to roll off championships in Georgia, but their problem kind of is the offense is just not as fun, right? It it, it is really similar to what was happening at Alabama, where yes, they're putting up points and yards, but man, it doesn't look like a lot of fun. Right. Except for the winning, the winning. job. Yeah, yes. I mean, winning. Except fun. for that, right? Yeah. Um, USC with Lincoln Riley, which. It's interesting that they had to get back into the race as well because they were on the outside looking in um, prior to him committing to Ohio State that original time because uh, things just didn't mesh with Lincoln Riley behind the scenes with the family. But they're back in it because Lincoln Riley can say, hey, I'm the premier quarterback developer in the country. All mm -hmm. my guys do is win Heisman's. Oh, and oh, by the way, you can be out here in L.A. But Nebraska, again, I think Nebraska kind of has the heartstrings, right? Like, it's good. I think it's, it'll be a head versus heart type of situation as it stands right now, where maybe your head says go to Georgia, but your heart is saying, oh, I can do this thing at Nebraska. It's just going to be hard for Matt Rule to sell someone of his caliber on taking a leap of faith because yeah. he doesn't have to. But mm -hmm. they still have a shot. So okay. with Nebraska, obviously, it's easy to sell Dylan on saying, you come here, you're going to be a four-year guy. Like, this, yeah. is, this is your job. Um, but do you think Georgia set a dangerous precedent by saying, if you come to Georgia, like with Stetson Bennett, you can play quarterback for 15 years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Maybe. 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 <laughs> so let me ask you this. I know, I know that his recruitment with Ohio State, they promised that they wouldn't take a, a guy in the previous class. Nebraska obviously did not take a quarterback in 2023 at least high school-wise. Yeah. I mean, do you think there was a reason for that, or do you think it was just because Rule got in late? And No, I think it's because they got in late. I, okay. think, I think Rule liked the guy that Ohio State ended up getting. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, Scott messed <laughs> I that love up that completely. You're so My, that one, it, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. That's because okay. Because we're on the quarterback situation. 
I think that it's like incredibly ridiculous that Nebraska had multiple four-star quarterbacks within driving distance of campus. And not only did they get none of them, they weren't even really in it, right? So Zane Flores, they basically ignored. Um, Avery Johnson down in Kansas, Bill Bush tried to get them in that to his credit and had them kind of in the mix for a little bit, but he ended up at Kansas State and it, it didn't work out. Um, Lincoln Kai Holtz, um, the guy that ended up at, at Ohio State, who was just setting all sorts of records <laughs> out in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And then J.J. Cole, who ended up at Iowa State, who Michigan tried to make a late run at him. He ended up as, as a solid four-star as well. Like, they just did so poorly. Oh and these guys were God. all driving distance. Four different guys um, from Nebraska's campus. All because, and no disrespect to William Pop Watson, because Mark Whipple really liked him from an early age, even though if you just look, it was going to be hard for William Watson to end up being successful in the Big Ten. At he's listed at five foot ten. If you are listed at five foot ten, and I, I stood next to him, so I know he's not five foot ten. Um, it was just gonna be hard. Like that was just gonna be a tough situation. So what happened with quarterback? I'll never get over that because I don't know that you're ever going to see that. Are you ever going to see that many really, really talented quarterbacks? They didn't go to Meatloaf State. They went to all really good schools. Power five like schools. Power five yeah. schools that are doing very well, right? Um, it, it'll be hard to replicate that again. And I just can't get over the fact that Adrian Martinez was not more uh, successful in Nebraska. You look at what you – I mean, for what he had and for how everything played out, I, I, we've said it, you know, when he left, we're like, you know, we're all like bitching and moaning about it. But for the longest time, we've always said like, we have so much respect for Adrian Martinez, but just looking at how that whole thing progressed and how they didn't, couldn't put like a football team around him for, for him to really succeed. Man, it, it just, it grinds my gears. All the quarterback issues that we had in the last five years, well, four and some change. It just, yeah, it's just wild to me. We have a saying, no block, no rock. Thanks, Troy. All right. So coming back for break. (laughs) (laughs) Troy Walters. (laughs) Poor guy. Dude, we need Troy Walters on this podcast so bad. We literally named the podcast after his freaking motto. Yeah. We need him. He better come on. And he's making moves, too. Like, he's interviewing for jobs. Just saying, man. Troy, if you listen to this basement podcast, get on here. Yeah, we need you. We need I'm in you. the basement. Yes, this is the largest basement in the state of Nebraska, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> All right. Connor, you were going to say something. Yeah, so after, uh, just before we got into break, we were getting into um, one of my favorite rhetoricals that I have found recently. And we're going to start to my left with Greg here. Okay. If you had a chance to bring back one player on both the offensive and defensive side, any Husker ever, for this current team, who would you bring back? Okay, so I've thought long and hard about this. All right. Yeah. And hopefully one of these, at least, is something that one, no one else will say. Okay. Will Shields is okay. going okay. to be my guy on the offense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I thought, man, I thought I was being original out here. No, um, he's on his name's on the wall. Well, there's a bunch hey, of dudes hey, on the wall. I there's know. other people to okay. choose from. We're good. I got another one. You're good. Okay, all right, that's fine. There's I should have went with my backup choice then. Uh, but no, you, you put a killer offensive lineman in on this team with someone that you know is, that can do their job. Um, as of right this second, that's few and far between on the offensive line, but there's time. Um, okay. So I would definitely go with him on offense. On defense... I, the first guy for me, because I think it would be, he'd be really fun to see in this defense under Tony White, would be Levante David. 
Mm. Okay. Now he's a, a safe answer. Like you can put him on any defense, but in this particular defense, I think it'd be really fun. Like I'm really excited. Spoiler alert about what happens with this defense and how exciting it can be. Um, I think that could end up being a real weapon for Nebraska down the road with the types of athletes that you can put inside of a three-three-five, uh, provided they get the defensive line thing figured out. Uh, but yeah, Levante, David, Will Shields, those are my two picks. All right, Kyle, we'll go to you next. No, you won't. No, you won't. Okay, <laughs> I'll go to no, me next, won't. bitches. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. All right, my offensive pick, and this is, I have a couple of ways to play with this. Okay. Offensively, I would bring back Dominic Rayola. Okay. <laughs> okay. For a couple of reasons. One, I mean, like, why would you want to play for your brother? That's kind of funny. Two, it's another recruiting tool. Three, yeah, we're uh, going all in on, on his that. name is on the freaking wall. He was a dominant, dominant offensive lineman. Mm. And Dominic. gosh, Dominic offensive lineman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. uh, and gosh, we need help there. So I would say that for the O line. And I'm going to be a basic bitch. And I'm going to say, and Dominic and Sue <laughs> would obviously be my number one defensive guy to bring back because gosh if you look at that current roster defensive lineman and plus I mean he's probably one of the best defensive tackles to ever play the sport so why not bring back a guy that probably should win a Heisman Jared what do you got well offensive lineman look uh you know Will Shields hey even though he's a chief he's still he's still really good (laughs) um if I'm being consistent on both sides, I'm going to go with line, offensive line. I'm going to... Incognito. <laughs> incognito. I figured, I don't know, I just know no, he as long yeah. as there are no funerals around here. Richie Incognito on the offensive line. Shocking. <laughs> I, like, I kind of say that's a joke, but I wouldn't be against bringing Richie Incognito back in the fold. The nastiness would be yeah. back for sure. Hey, the man's hey, an absolute. You thought Sam Sledge was nasty. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm just saying. Well, like, look, or or are we bringing the fullback back or not, Marcus Satterfield? Are we doing Makovica? God, that's oh. what I was going to say. No, 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 no. You can do the Makovica. I still stick with the O line because I got to be consistent on defense. What Scott Shanley, of course. No, no, I'm sorry. No, is he allowed? It? No, <laughs> no. Scott Shanley referred to our podcast as a basement podcast. That's why we record in the largest basement in the state of Nebraska. Yeah. Did that happen? Yes, for real. He blocked oh, yeah. me on Twitter because I called him out. Yeah, I think he blocked Mike too. No, he didn't block me, but he blocked our podcast Wait, account. Hold on, have any of you been personally blocked by Scott? Except no, me? just you. Just me? Yeah. I didn't even say you anything the mean. There's just something about you. Mine was just a picture. He probably saw your mustache. Yeah, but then again, Scott Shanley has poor opinions anyway, so who gives a fuck? Fuck him. Anyway, um on defense. For this isn't my pick, but I want to shine light on this guy because I feel like he's still overlooked to this day. Broderick Thomas, the Sandman. I feel like he's a good pick. Okay. Are you Great serious? Pick. I swear to Stop. you. Stop. I swear to you. Okay, oh that's God. not my pick again. I'm like, I'm. This <laughs> it's is, not my pick again. Don't timeline on him. I was over there just furiously googling now. I'm like, fuck. This is I my, just, I just pulled up like a top fifty list. Like, just give me some ideas. Somebody gonna, that you're gonna forget. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, then I'll, I'll go with a, a throwback. Give me a Rich Glover then. Give me, okay. give me another yeah. defensive tackle who was dominant oh, yeah. in his solid, time and solid. period. Right. You can't compare current players to past players and vice versa because it doesn't work that way. Take me, Give me a Rich Glover in his prime. You said, Sue, I'll, I'll take a Rich Glover. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go through the uh, throwback as well for my offense. Taking Dave Remington. Okay. 
Love that. Oh, mm. Surprise, he's still on the board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's got like an award, I think. <laughs> like or yeah. <laughs> but they, but they, have, they have Ben Scott. That's fine. So <laughs> for my defensive pick, I'm going to go for a stretch here. Oh, boy. Carl Pliny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm taking Sue. Like, Sue's the easiest answer for me in the world. Um, but yeah, Remington and Sue, that, those are my two picks. Yeah. Well, you guys already heard Jared say it. I was like, I was like screaming on the inside over here. I was going to say the Sandman and Joel Makovica just because we're talking about the fullback coming back. And yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Dane Todd. No. <laughs> nope. Yep. Andy Janovich. Come on now. Okay. So I, I was, I, I thought that might be a little too recent. So I, you know. but does it I'm say, sorry. but does it say something? And I'm sure the answer is yes, that everyone picked like offensive, defensive lineman and then a, a front seven player. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so do you, so what is it? Do you this think is, I'm not front seven? No, no. <laughs> um, so this is turning it back on you guys. I'm always interested in this. Like, what is your, you guys' level of confidence in Matt Rule and basically everyone that we've talked to has talked about like winning the line of scrimmage and being tough in the trenches. What is the level of confidence for you guys that that's, Ooh. that that's going to happen and will Ooh. remain a focus? Let me take because a Because they've talked about it a oh. lot. It has come up a lot. Yeah. Okay. The, the way I want to answer that question is kind of in two parts. Okay. Matt Rule said, it might take time, and it, won't, it might not be easy, but it will be done. With that being said, he knows it's going to take time, and it takes time to build the trenches, especially in the Big Ten. And, and the former regime knows that because they, they skipped out on that a little bit. Okay, So to me, that's my focus is that I, I just think it's going to take more time. They didn't get that guy at defensive tackle. I think we're going to have problems in the, in the, in the middle part of our defensive line and our O line. When you still got 54 playing at right tackle, I'm, I'm sorry. Like to me, just, I don't think it's going to work. I think he comes back to that big body guy. Yeah, looks all great. bust, yeah. looks great type guy. I mean, I mean, I have a, a lady that sits next to me in the stadium and she is like her nephew played on the same team as 54 in high school. And she told me, and I was pumped when he got, when he signed in Nebraska, I was like, oh, my gosh, we just got a top 150 player. He's a four-star kid. A lot of people wanted yeah, him. Everybody yeah, everybody wanted him, right? Oh, yeah. Right? I'm like, this is awesome, right? She said, I promise you right now, he is going to be a bust. And I'm like, Jesus, come on now. She, come on, Dorothy. She, no. <laughs> She's seen enough. <laughs> Whatever, her name is. Whatever her name is. I mean. Dorothy Lynch. Let's call her. For the sake oh, of the pod. Yeah. Call Dorothy her. Lynch. <laughs> Her name, is, her name is Marcy. Oh, Jesus. We didn't need that. Yes. What's yeah. her address? I don't know her address. She lives in... <laughs> Stop it. The address? Okay, here Stop. we go. Stop it. Anyways. Maybe on 7th She's amazing. Social security is She's viable. amazing. But wow. with that being said, I'm just telling you right now, like she told me this guy is not going to work mm. at Nebraska and it hasn't worked out. To me, I, I'm worried about the tackle position at, on both, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think it's a quick fix. Even that Georgia guy, he has, he needs some time. He, he needs time. Yeah. He needs yeah. some time. And is who's going to play tackle? Who's going to protect the quarterbacks? That that's that's my jab at it. So I think my opinion on it is Matt Rule, like you just said, says it takes time, right? And something that we always we have a lot of former offensive linemen on this show. Oh yeah, Great and people. they say like if you if you were to put me on the offensive line my freshman year, he's like, I mean, most of them say like. I, I would have been killed. Well, Utter would have, was fat and out of shape, and yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like they, they all just say like it we takes. Love you, Dylan. It takes so long for you to get like game ready as an offensive lineman, and so if Matt Rule can put together a plan 
to strategically like make sure that these guys are being built up throughout their career and you don't have to just throw them out there as freshmen yeah. just because you you know you don't have any other options like Teddy. Yeah, like if right. if you can if you can come up with a strategic plan, like hopefully we see that, but my opinion on it is like if that happens, it will be successful. If it doesn't happen, I don't I, I don't think you see much difference. Okay. Greg, you asked what gives us the confidence in Matt Rule. Well, you look at his experience as a coach, like he has a lot of offensive line, defensive line experience, yeah. places that he's gone. Um, I think you know, the fact that he's played in the Big Ten, we hope that that means something. It might not mean jack squat, and hopefully it does. Walk on at Penn State, he realizes the kind of play that the Big Ten requires to be successful in it. Um, and this is going to be an answer different from you guys. A lot of it is a little bit blind faith, right? Like we want to be confident in Matt Rule. If we're if we're being honest with each other, a lot of Husker fans, when Matt Rule was announced, it was like coming off the Panthers thing, poverty Panthers. We've been over it. Um, I j- I think a lot of people were kind of like I don't know, but then he gets up there, his very first. Media appearance, and you're telling me that people didn't fall in love with the guy. He of changed course a lot they of did. minds that Oh, day. yeah. He yeah. said a yeah. lot of good things. And then, of, of course, things. you got Marcus Satterfield a couple weeks later going up there and talking about the fullback and talking about how we're going to be physical. And it's it's a streamline uh, conversation yeah, with all, all these. They're all on the same page. They're all on the same page. And we Kyle brought that up last week. So Great point, Kyle. Thank you. Good, good job, job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good point a week ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit of, hey, we got to put faith in this guy because he hasn't coached a game yet, but he's said all the right things. He's got nice experience to fall back on. Can we just fucking do this thing, please? And it's just been too long. You know, but which you, is why, which is what makes it tough to you guys' point about that it's going to take time in the trenches because it really does. It does. Like it's no, and I say this all the, like in recruiting, I say this all the time. Like offensive and defensive line are the hardest things to, the hardest positions for freshmen to come in and play right away. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's anecdotal. I've seen it. I've, coaches have actually said that. Like it's just really difficult to do because you go from being a 17 year old kid that's playing against high school competition and you're bigger than everyone to playing against grown men. Oh, to yeah. where even the worst teams in the Big Ten have solid offensive lines or solid defensive lines, and you don't really realize that until you get into it, and then you see that different level of competition. So it just takes time to build up, but people don't want to wait. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Especially Nebraska. I mean, Because I, it's been uh, so long, and I understand that. I do, I get yeah. it. Yeah. But this team, it's, it's still not really a talent thing. It was retention development type of thing under the previous regime. Mental too. Like they, they don't know what winning looks like. Winning is contagious. They haven't won. But that's why I wonder, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to like be awesome this year, but that's what makes me wonder that they can be okay or pretty good. Yeah. Like they can show progress. You know, Rule said something interesting the other day about like when we were talking to him um, after his February press conference for signing day. It was like, you know, we've got linemen walking around here that were walk-ons that like I would have killed to have at other places. And to me, like that's a little bit of like hyperbole coach speak, but mm-hmm. it's also him saying like maybe I can coach some of these guys up that are already here. So the maybe, frames there. Yeah, maybe there'll be some guys that emerge and if the coaching is better – which yeah. <laughs> it has to be, has to be oh, right. a number of spots. 
then you can end up being okay to go all the way back to the point that you were saying earlier about those close games. If you then have a, like a somewhat level better of coaching and adult yeah. and, and an adult running the program, you should be able to turn some of that into wins and then make a bowl game. Like, I don't think that that's everybody makes a bowl game. Everyone, makes everybody a makes a bowl game. Yeah. That's, that's what well, we, we that's beat not, that drum all the time. That's not true. Nebraska, Nebraska doesn't. Doesn't. That's my point. <laughs> that, that, that was the, the yelling match that we've gotten into multiple times on this Nebraska podcast. Nebraska needs to make the Farrell's Irish Red Bowl game. No, they didn't make the freaking Charmin Ultra Bowl. Like, Charmin Ultra Soft Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, soft. Everybody makes a bowl game except Nebraska. Yeah. Any Compton head coach, and I've said yeah. this, yeah, yeah. I want to use it again because shout out Andy Means. Literally, I said Andy Means could come into Nebraska right now and win more games than former head coach Scott because he actually won't, would try. He's actually committed, and he's going to bust his ass. Now, to that point, because this is something else that I'm also really interested in because you're talking about them, like Matt Rule saying all of the right things. One of the things that I think that he's said and done because we've seen it in the level of work ethic that they've already put out oh, yeah. is – that level of work to me, and I think this is a huge X factor, and we're never going to be able to measure it. You're going to see, I think, the team work harder because they know that their coaching staff works really hard. Terrence Knighton, didn't he say something about that? He did. Yeah. And that to me, I, I think that things like that, when we talk about trying to build a winning culture and guys that haven't seen winning and all of that, when you just see, like, you can't, it's going to be impossible for you as a player on this team right now to go slack off knowing that three days after the signing day, Matt Rule and a bunch of other staff were down in Texas speaking at a at a coaching clinic in Texas, right? Like it's just going to be really hard to do that to then look your like teammates and your coaches in the face and do that type of stuff and slack off. So I th I think that that will have an effect too. Yeah. And again, you can't measure it, but what type of effect will that have down the road of just saying everyone's going to try? It sounds so dumb to have to say that out right. loud, right? Right. But it is the reality of the situation uh, that hey, we're in. After four and a quarter years of not seeing that, I, it feels really good to say, you know, this is going to have to happen now. I it don't know. Really I, good. Like the players okay. played hard no, for, and for him. Yeah, I'm just my saying. Statement, my, my statement was a little unfair. The players themselves were not the issue. Um, they, they're was, only going to do what they're led to. Yeah, do. yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, my, my statement was a little kid. unfair. Like <laughs> and if you remember Jojo Doman standing up there and going, look, we're doing everything the coaches are telling us. He said it like word for word. Yeah. We're doing everything the coaches are telling us we're still losing. Like well. that, that was his blink twice if you're in danger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jojo. No. Blink. blink hey, he's you're in danger. He's going to study this year. They've got Herbie at knife point behind the camera. Like, hey, he's, he's still losing nice. games in Indy, but he's scored a tutty this year. So, Hey, we won four. <laughs> we. Um, we, we but are. going back to your point about, like, okay, the scholarship numbers, it's, it's a lot. Astronomical like, numbers. They, they need a lot of people to leave, right? To, hey, there's the door. We're not going to tell you to leave, but mm, you need to leave. And you had guys at workouts. That, there were some reports, like, apparently, like, players were scared. Like, yeah. like, like they were being watched by, by the staff. Like, oh shit. Like I actually got it. And again, I'm not like trying to say the players didn't work hard before, but there was reports that players were, oh shit. Something's at stake now. Like I can't be fucking around. This is a whole new staff, clean slate. They don't know what I did before. Even the good things that I did do. I was on a team that didn't do anything. So this is a clean slate. And so, oh shit, this is a new staff. I got to be on my P's and Q's and cross my I's and dot my T's. And yes, I said it wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I kind of so, yeah. like that watchful eye, though. It goes back to, you know, Bo and staff of the stories that Bo would just randomly show up to classes to make sure his players were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They That's appreciate right. that now. I'm sure yeah. you're going to talk to some of those yeah. guys. Yeah. From oh, we've talked like to a they, lot yeah, of guys they, like that. They appreciate that now. If you, They all say to a man, I've talked to Tommy Armstrong about this specifically, <laughs> where he says, you know, we hated that then. Um, but now I kind of understand what he was actually trying to get at and trying to instill in us. Yeah. You know? It's a work ethic. Yeah. You yeah. got you commit yeah. yourself to your school as much as you do the sport. We've had a lot of bow guys on, and we always the every guy we though. have is a bow story. Who's got a bow story? Everybody's got a bow story. Well, it, what's insane is, however many bow guys we've talked to, I don't know that any of them have had like a negative outlook on bow. No, right. no, 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 not a one. And seriously, every single guy we've had on the podcast would take a bullet for bow Pelini. I'm not like it is not like I. I was very upset when Bo got fired, Same. but but it was more like it even made me think about it too like wow like we really fucked up yeah because <laughs> you know like you yeah. you get sold just like the matt rule thing right now it's like you get sold on a new coach and it's like okay i can talk myself into mike riley you no. know oh he he was close at oregon state didn't have the facilities just didn't have all that stuff right yeah. didn't have the resources so you talk yourself into it i'm hoping that's not the case with matt rule because he's a salesman he but the one thing i will say on riley and i did not want to get run off of this podcast by defending mike riley but I will good. Say, we don't, we're not worried about no, you don't need to defend no not, i don't give a shit listen, yeah. we don't believe his name out okay yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. a fair point it, he tried anyway he also <laughs> he didn't get a fair shake no. he didn't have oh. the support that the previous regime enjoyed right and to the utmost right like mm-hmm. he just didn't have that for even producing better results than the most recent previous regime right so i think that that's it's always important to me to point that out that yeah, he just oh, yeah. didn't have that support but i understand why people were so angry with how things went but I, it also is so tied to how excited they were for the previous regime to come in they piled on to mike riley probably a little too much way too much um so it's just interesting but what's wild to me is people still look back on mike riley and they they see that tenure as maybe not necessarily a failure but like not a success and i i always point out the 2016 season where we start seven and oh we're ranked i believe number seven in the nation i mean that's the highest nebraska has been ranked in a decade. Well, not to mention, we made that poll, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I made that poll on Twitter, and it oh, had tons God. of yeah. votes. It was like that 3,000, 4,000 votes, whatever it was. And who do you blame for the current re- like current situation at Nebraska right oh, now? I saw that poll. Yes, you probably <laughs> yeah. saw it. Yeah. yeah. You probably and, voted in it. Right? Yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> I think Husker fans have learned now, but there were still people voting again for Mike Riley, which is just wild Saying to me. Saying that he was the issue. Yeah, that he's yeah. the issue. You're going to blame the current situation on him, then, like, it's just wild to me how people yeah. can still just bend over backwards and defend the golden boy himself. Well, and so I, I think the reason that former head coach Scott got so much support was, A, uh, we, we've talked about, you know, the dichotomy of, you know, separating him as a player and as a coach. Yeah. Um, like, that, obviously, you, you have to separate those two things. I think the reason he got so much support was because of his tenure as a player here and the fact that he did win a national championship right before he came to Nebraska. Yeah. 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 I'm joking. Yeah. I was like, where was that? Will you stop? No. I will never stop shitting on Scott (laughs) as a coach. All right. Let's let's go back to recruiting because we we really don't get guests that are so like in the trenches when it comes to recruiting like yourself. I love that word trenches. In the trenches. It's the word of the day. We we talked about the 2023 signees that were out of high school, but I want to talk a little bit about the transfer portal. This is a new element. It's probably a new element for your job too. Like trying to talk to guys that 
you know, put their name in the portal and all that stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that and your day-to-day trying to communicate with guys that are in the portal yeah. and all that stuff? It is, it is, a, wow, it's hard to explain. It's definitely a new element, right? Yeah. And it, it is the wild, wild west of trying to figure stuff out, but it is so different than trying to talk to high school kids, right? So even it gets more difficult. I was the more a high profile a high school recruit is, the harder it is to talk to them unless you started that relationship early. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of transfer portal guys, they've already been through all of that. Right. They're at a school. They don't want to talk. And on the other side of that, the schools themselves don't really want to talk about who they're recruiting out of the transfer portal. So it's hard to get information on that either way. Like it's just, it's a really difficult animal. Um, and schools are, and I can really talk about Nebraska. Nebraska is very good at kind of keeping that off of the radar and just guys popping up. And then all of a sudden you see that that's who they're interested in. And really sometimes the first time that I find out that Nebraska is interested in the kid in the portal for sure is when they're on campus oh, for yeah. an official visit. Like sometimes I'll get like a little hint, like, Hey, they offered this kid, but a lot of those offers will go out and then those guys never pop up on campus. It happens all the time, especially when you're in a transition, like Nebraska just was, um, there were plenty of guys that fall into that. So it, it is a lot more difficult to navigate. So anytime like anyone gets uh, an interview or some real information about a transfer portal kid, know that they did something very right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> be able to get that information because it is hard to get. Speaking of transfers, who is going to be the Trey Palmer of twenty four? So, and is so it the guy going to be Eric? <laughs> so the guy that comes in and plays a lot, yeah. that that, that, see, that makes a makes a impact. Or I would say impact player. Puts, are, are you spe- or saying yeah. specifically offense? No, either way. The, the either impact side of the ball. player out of the portal. Impact player out of the portal. Don't care what position or side of the ball. Don't care. So I'm going to take Ben Scott off of the board because yeah. we all assume that Ben Scott is going to be the starting center. Um, MJ Sherman is a guy that I really like out of this out of this group. Um, I think that he can either play inside linebacker or play on that edge. Some of that is going to depend on the development of some other guys, right? So if Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnarsson come out and they've had a great winter um, and they do a really nice job, and I think you could see them maybe play a little bit more and allow MJ Sherman to then be kind of in that inside linebacker role especially because your top two inside linebackers are hurt often. So you just don't know what? what's going to happen there. Like, and I like those guys a I lot. Know. It's not a knock on them. Um, it's just the reality of the situation. But what would help them, though, honestly, is if the defensive line is really right? good. Yeah, that too. But if the defensive line keeps them clean, notice a couple of years ago when they both basically had 100 tackles, the defensive line played better. It allowed them to stay cleaner. They didn't take as many guards barreling down on them, yep, and then right. they were able to stay healthy, right? So it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, but I really like MJ Sherman. My wild card, though, I'll give you a wild card. Okay. If Eric Gilbert can, like, be on the field, like, he's obviously got Sunday potential. Um, and so, and that would change the offense dramatically. To have a tight end like that, with, if, if he played up to his full potential, um, that would be a really big deal. My question about Eric Gilbert is, we heard Satterfield – talking about we want to use the tight ends, we want to use the tight ends, we want to use fullbacks, all this other stuff. So that would lead one to believe that we're going to be using the tight ends for blocking, 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 and then, you know, do out, go out and do some interesting stuff with them. Is Eric Gilbert the kind of guy that came to Nebraska under the assumption that he was going to be uh, like a star, like a, like a just a pass catcher and not so much in the dirty grind of blocking every play? Uh, 
That's a good question. I would say yes and no. I think that every I think every tight end dreams of catching a bunch of touchdown passes. Right. Like no especially tight end, no tight end wants to just block. Yeah. Everyone, but everyone wants to be, to be a, a Travis Kelsey. Yeah, everybody right. wants to be that. But if you look at some of his clips um, from previous stops, like he he was a willing blocker. Like he was, he definitely mixed it up and kind of got kind of in the mud there and blocked guys. So no, I think he he's capable of doing both. But all tight ends want to like right, try, right. like like Thomas Fedoni wants to be out there catching passes. Like he's he's I not want to be on the field. Well, yeah. that too. But he's not <laughs> like dreaming at night about like pancaking a guy. He's dreaming yeah. about catching a game winning touchdown. So. Right. I think Travis Kelsey dreams about pancaking guys, though. I'm not going to lie. Maybe. He probably I still want him to line up a nose tackle in the Super Bowl, but that's that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> the Kelsey Bowl. The Kelsey Bowl. Um, look, you're a recruiting guy. Senior recruiting guy. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me, Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Check we, yourself. We would be remiss to not mention... Colorado and Deion Sanders. Oh, boy. You're, you're, Coach Brown. You're a Nebraska centric guy um they they had a nice finish to this past class i mean they finished in the top 30 considering where they were with one win in the regular season they bring in dion finished top 30 um just looking just looking at this class looking at the future classes what do you see in terms of the, the types of they're gonna get dudes they are so i guess the the question is like we were talking about all bus team with nebraska Right. Might it be the same thing with Colorado where they get dudes that look good on a bus, but hopefully, and this is hopefully, <laughs> their coaches right. aren't very good. Right. <laughs> and like they are undercoached or their their uh their game philosophy and their game preparation isn't up to par. Like that's what we're Or there's culture for. issues, right? Maybe, <laughs> or maybe, culture, yeah. maybe, yeah. That's what we're hoping for. But they're gonna get dudes. Louis, Louis culture. Yeah. They're yeah, is this what we're seeing out of Colorado? Is this hard knocks, but for the NCAA? Maybe. Like, I'm sure honestly, do it. Oh yeah. Um, oh yes. I, here's the thing about that: they are going to get dudes, yeah, and they're going to get skill position dudes. They they got the number one corner, flipped him. Um, they'll continue to get guys, especially at the skill positions. Whether or not they actually get guys, the trenches is the weird. This podcast. That's that's what I meant Whether by philosophy or not, too. Yeah, if they get if. And look out if they get those types of guys. But even at the same time, it takes time for that to develop. Like, even if you get the top four offensive and defensive linemen in, in, in the recruiting cycle, it's still going to take you time, right? So whether or not they can do that and develop the trenches is going to be a huge thing because they they are going to get skill position guys. But in the meantime, what I'm really I'm really curious to see, like, them play Utah. Right, right. Yes. Like what happens That's a when that happens? Yeah, what happens when that happens? Or like even what Oregon is building up there. Like even though they lost their offensive line coach today, the Patriots, like. It, that's going to still be a physical program under Dan Lanning. Like when they play teams like that, how are they going to do? Plus, they won one game last year. They got to rebuild the whole thing. That's going to take right. time for them. To, as as good as some of the freshmen that they had come in, and they had a good portal class as well. Like it's just there's only so many guys you can bring in to then flip over a one win team. Like that's just going to it's going to be hard to do. Right. What, what I'm going to find the most interesting is as we see, you know, I wouldn't call it quite a flood of Louie going to Colorado, but seeing that like a lot of these really good players going to Colorado, like I'm not going to discredit the, the recruits they brought in, but if they don't see like a, at least a decent flip, do we see the reverse coming out of Colorado next year saying, you know, this isn't 
what I was sold on. This isn't a program where I see myself succeeding, and I'm going to go somewhere where I think we're going to get Texas, more wins. So the Texas A and M situation, right? Yeah, this yeah. past year with their NIL deal. Wait, yeah, we yeah. have like 28 guys in the portal. Crazy. I think. Yeah, it was like <laughs> an insane amount. Um, I think. I think it was yeah, like 28. We got one of them. Yeah, they got one <laughs> of them. But I also wonder too. Like, it's still like, and this is why it's, it's wild because on one hand, that's a real question. The other side of that is true as well. Like, if they pop quickly and play well, is he staying there? No, like that's the other thing. Or is he? Or is like the first decent SEC job that comes open? Is he going to go and take that? Like, there's a lot there. Like, I just don't. Like, I I can't see Deion Sanders being in Colorado for more than like five years. No to way. The good or the bad. Yes. Like it doesn't. It's I, not just that it would go bad. It's even if it goes well. I think if Deion succeeds really early on, he will go immediately to a school or a school that can actually pay him. Well, yeah. I mean, he hasn't got paid <laughs> yet, right? That too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Now that. Mike Norvell seems to be doing something at Florida yeah, State. Seems, seems like it. He's a good coach. Give him. I'm just time. saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. It seems Give like him four and a quarter years. Yeah, that would be like the logical Dion. You go to Florida. You got that fertile recruiting base right away. You don't have to fly dudes to cold mountains in Colorado. I don't know. Even they though said, they, they cool. said on Twitter though that it's not as cold as they thought. That's I right. saw his son mm-hmm. say that. That's, right. That's what everybody says about these places in the Yeah, Midwest, when they right? get there. Yeah, they yeah. always say that. It's not as cold as I thought. Yeah, right. They're out in their yeah. short sleeves. Yeah. Sure. And you can see the breath and they're like, okay, can we end this photo shoot now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know like we we went from transfers and we talked about the the players that we would want from the past on the current team. Let's talk about Let's say they don't get Dylan Riola. Okay. There's a quarterback that Nebraska might target, Daniel Kalen out of Bellevue West. Oh, yeah. Um, how's his recruitment going? Like, who are some of the teams that are targeting him? How, what's Nebraska looking like on that end? Yeah. Just get into him. So, that's funny. I'm, I'm smiling because the team that he most recently visited was Colorado. Oh, uh, <laughs> great. I'm Good kind timing. of there. They had like an elite junior day where they had a, a lot of really, really good 2024 prospects and Kalen on campus, and Kalen was one of them. Um, and he came away with a favorable impression of them. Um, I think it, Nebraska is in the mix with him. But it's kind of a weird situation. I can't lie. Like, it is tough. If you think about it from Daniel's point of view, everyone in the world knows that Dylan Rayola is their number one target. Like, Nebraska has told him that. Like, I and everyone else have reported that. Like, it's out there. It's a thing. And so it's really up to Kalen on whether or not he wants to wait to see what happens with that or if he wants to jump on one of the other offers, and he has plenty um, to choose from. So he's got Colorado. Miami was a recent one. North Carolina is one. He's been talking to Minnesota. Like there's a host of other schools that, that are interested in Danny Kalen. And so it, it'll be curious. I think he does like Nebraska, and I think that he got along with in the conversation with Rule and Satterfield. He's told me that he really liked those guys, right? It's just whether or not he wants to wait to see what happens with Dylan's. And, he, and Danny, I think, wants to make a decision either sometime this spring or summer probably this spring we'll see if that kind of lines up with what dylan wants to end up doing as well um and so it's just kind of a wait and see because i also wonder your mindset as a high highly recruited kid yourself are you salty that right but at the same time it's the number one player in the country but i know that if i was him i wouldn't necessarily be thinking that either right i'm better than he was the number one yeah Yeah. yes i can do this too like i can help bring nebraska football back too why don't you guys go all in on me so i don't know that it'll be tricky it's tricky for matt rule in nebraska to kind of navigate those waters but they are recruiting him which is better than scott because they really weren't 
Yeah. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Weird. Local guy, they're not recruiting. Local it's quarterback. That weird. It is just such a sticky situation yes. that we're it in. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough because one. you see, okay, Dylan Riola sees that Ohio State picks up a 23 quarterback, and he's like, you know what? I'm out. So then Matt Rule's looking at that going, oh, they screwed up big time. So now they're going all in on him. So now they're not going for 24 quarterbacks because they're trying to get Dylan. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't even – listen, it's not even just that they're not pushing hard on Kalen. Like, they haven't really offered another, like, 24 guy. They had a 25 kid, Stone Saunders, that was on campus. He's really, really good um, mm-hmm. for that class. But, like, they have not even <laughs> gone there yet, which is, again, another signal to Dylan that, hey, we're for real about this. We, we want to wait to see what you do before we do anything – but it puts everyone else on hold. But yeah. I think that before, definitely before the season, I think we'll have clarity on all of that. Where you're at right now in your mind, obviously, like, Riola still, I, I would say, a little bit of a long shot. Yep. Do you think that Nebraska is putting itself at more risk by going all in on Riola and not going after some of these other QBs uh, and kind of leaving them in the ether because all of our focus is diverted over there. Do you think that might be harming the program? It's a gamble. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a gamble, but you have to do it for Dylan. Like, you, for that kid, you have to. It's not a... It's like it's you've got pocket like, aces, you've got to Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. a situation where even if, like, he was, like, just a, like, solid four-star, like, we're talking about the guy, right? Like, so it, because of that, I think that it makes a lot more sense to do it. Um, but it is still a gamble. But you can always then circle back to other guys as well. Um, and you can bet that if, like, let's say it's not happening, but tomorrow Dylan Rayola commits to USC, um, Matt Rule's first call, is then going to be to Danny Kalen and then see. And I also would uh, uh, imagine that based on what we've seen from Rule and this staff, they've evaluated film on other quarterbacks. They just haven't put those offers out. So they have a plan as to if if Dylan comes off the board and we need to look at other quarterbacks, here's three guys that we're going to offer right away and try to get them on campus. Um, So I don't think it's harming them at all. Do you think they still go the high school route, though, or do you think it's just going to be a a portal thing? Another transfer Yeah, another another transfer guy. I mean, you brought in Jeff Sims, who's a – he can play, what, two? Yeah, he's got multiple years. Two or three years, and then you got Casey, who has this year, and – I, mean, I still think they would need – I think they need a high school quarterback in 24 because they need their guy that they can start to develop. Yeah. Um, and they've got – and the, the other guys that are on the roster that never really come up, um, like Harburg, Smothers, those guys uh, – Richard Torres. Yes. The guys that yeah, they're big up. on him. Like, yeah, they always they have a lot of guys that have multiple years of eligibility, so they just kind of figure all that out. Yeah. So maybe this can be the last question of the night. Yep. Okay, so I'm, I'm logged in as Greg Smith and Rivals. Go. Yeah, I he know you're in Asia. Yeah, oh, so I I'm on my <laughs> got a lot of power. I'm on the future. <laughs> I'm on the future cast. You're a senior now. <laughs> That's right. You're the junior now. No. <laughs> that technically I, am a junior. So <laughs> I'm making my future cast. Dylan Riola. Uh-oh. Where's he going? Where's, where's Dylan Riola going? <laughs> is, is it going to be an N? Is it going to be a Trojan? Is it going to be a, a a G? What do you think? What am I putting? It's tough. That is really <laughs> tough because we have actually had this discussion. We're internally. recording, right? Yeah. About, like, which, about at what I would have to hear or find out to then make me then say, okay, I think that Nebraska is going to be the pick. I, on, I like Nebraska's chances. And, I do. And, <laughs> I do. And hit the end. Hit the end. <laughs> okay, you're 18 of 22 before, so let's see. I if, am, uh, yeah, and I can tell you about those other ones that I've missed. I oh. get docked. If a guy, if I predict, say I predict Dylan Rayola to commit to Nebraska, and he does, I get 
the correct points for that. But if he then decommits later and goes somewhere else, I'm docked for that's that. That's ball. And oh, there's two nice. of them on that list. I should be 20 for 22. I'm very angry <laughs> about this. Um, on that is that list. Nine, what yeah. is that, 90 uh, yeah. It's Dylan uh, Edwards and someone else that I that I actually had correct. Uh, Duda, the running back. He's, he's got a Casey Tomonaga free throw percentage. Yeah. He's pretty good. Uh, of the two that you actually missed, not including you know decommitting going somewhere else. Yeah. Which one was the bigger miss? The bigger miss. Um, I'm trying to think of who the other one because one of them was Andrew Metzger, the tight end, um, that that went to Kansas State. I feel like he was. He was the better player of the two. I can't remember who the other guy was. I'd have blocked it out. So Metzger's the bigger mess. Yeah. You can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah. We can answer that one pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Okay. I'm just scrolling. Are you scrolling? Oh, you Arnold, guys... Arnold Barnes? No, that was one that he – no, no, maybe it was. Ashley. Yeah. Yes, it was Ashley, Ashley Williams. Williams. No, so sorry. I take that back. Ashley Robert, Williams. It was Ashley Williams. He, he kind of flipped a yeah. lot. And he did flip that. Hey. That one, he did flip that one, too. Ashley. Yeah. Like he did it just to – time or whatever. He did it just to screw you over. That's kind of fucked up, though. Like, you, like they committed. Like did. And yeah. yeah, and you were right. You were right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have to, like? Do you have to come back and then after they come in, you're like, okay, I'm gonna give this a coin toss and say he might leave. Like that. That's, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's not fair. That's not. That's wrong. All, All right. right. Well, yeah. let's do what we usually do with our guests. Greg, Uh-oh. tell the listeners where they can find you, all that stuff. And then I want you to talk about the hashtag always bring mom on the official visit. <laughs> I want you to finish with that because okay. this is unique. Okay, cool. So you can find me on Twitter at Greg Smith Rivals. Uh, that's where I generally am. Uh, you can also find me uh, at our, our site, Nebraska.Rivals.com. Um, Greg Smith Rivals also on Instagram. I post sporadically there. Yeah. Uh, but Twitter is definitely the spot that you can find me most often. I'm a prolific tweeter, as the people would say. Mm-hmm. Um, always hashtag always bring mom on the OV. The funny thing about that, I have had moms actually reach out and talk about that. The most recent one was actually someone who didn't come here, um, a Johnny Cornelius, um, who ended up the big time transfer that went to Oregon. His mom said that she liked that hashtag. And the reason that that is in there is if you ever see a kid come on an official visit to Nebraska and they do not bring their mom, you know, provided that, you know, mom is with us, right. they're not going to commit here. They're okay. just coming for the experience. Yeah. They're coming for that free visit. You have to have mom on board to be able to pick that school. It's never going to happen, like, unless you have mom on board. So I say, always bring mom on the OV. So I always ask kids, when I do, like, the pre-visit interview, like, I always say, hey, who's coming with you on the visit uh, for that very It's a loaded question. You're looking for one thing. Yeah, they don't know that, but (laughs) they will. Senior analyst. (laughs) Learn from this man. How often have you found that to be accurate? Like, that they have not, like, if mom like, doesn't come, that yeah. they, oh, it's pretty accurate. Have you seen, have you seen his, his percentage? I mean, it's not, yeah, yeah, so, so it goes like this. He's, he's 18 who, for 22. Who are you bringing on your official visit? And he goes, oh, it's just me. He goes, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not writing like, a story you sure on you. you don't want to bring mom? <laughs> your mom's going to love it. Yeah. But, or, they, but parents, they just love Nebraska. Moms really do love <laughs> Nebraska. So. Yeah. You're so nice. Yeah. Well, before the, the previous coach, he, I mean, he was a good looking fella. I mean, I'm sure the mom really liked that. <laughs> and now, I mean, Matt Rule, he's like like a teddy bear. Like, they probably really like yeah. that feeling, too. Like family a guy. trustworthy vibe. Yeah. yeah. Family guy. He's got that five o'clock shadow going for him. Yeah. It looks good. Like, oh, he brought his wife out here, which did happen. Like, yeah. yeah. The, and they started having, like, junior days. That very first one, if you remember, where it was all Nebraska kids. Mm-hmm. Like Julie Rule, like they like recruits were like name dropping. Like we met Julie. Who is Julie? Who is Julie? <laughs> On a first name basis. Yeah, it was Julie Love Rule. That. Like she apparently hung out a lot with people and like went from table to table. So that is awesome. Big recruiting tool. Yeah, big yeah. I heard that she did that while 
Matt was coaching with Carolina. She would host like players at the house and have get togethers and stuff. Yeah, she's she's about about it. That's right. Bring football, mom. football life. You have to be you have to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he could be sitting at home making about the same amount of money. So you really got to be about yeah, it if no you're going to let your husband. She had to sign off on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That had to be a family vote. I would love to like do a like mini 30 for 30 on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dad, we could just sit here on this beach. You did the game day thing. For, or yeah. we could, you know, uh, go, go move Nebraska. to Nebraska. Yeah. Hey, it's a lovely state. Negative 31 <laughs> chill and such. Um, okay. Uh, you guys know where to find us. If you're watching us, um, probably we're not going live on uh, Twitter anymore. Are we? Dang. We are sometimes. So occasionally on Twitter at NBNR podcast. Instagram, NBNR Podcast, TikTok, NBNR Podcast. Weird. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are there. Give us a five-star review, please. We are begging you. We need it. If you don't, then fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) TikTok, talking you too. Go on Spotify and Apple. Give us a review. It helps us. I don't know how, but the algorithm, it does things. It makes us look nice. Yes. At the very least. I think we're at 4.9. Yes. On Spotify with like 55, I think. Yeah. It's a pretty good run. It's not bad. There's one good. salty motherfucker that went on there and gave us a one-star review. Fuck him. Fuck him. Or her. I don't know. <laughs> or them. <laughs> Fuck Whatever they go gender by. neutral. Whatever they go by. Um, am I missing anything? Am I missing merch? Are we doing no, merch? No, we don't have night? fucking merch. <laughs> Do we have fucking tote bags? Can we, we, we can announce the award show now, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Byers. Listen, this, this is this is a KB. This special. is yeah. Kyle Byers. You talk baby. about it. He cradles this shit. He's the point of contact. Kyle Byers. Talk yes. about it. So August nineteenth, here at the Tap Room, we are hosting a Nebraska Podcast Award Show. All your biggest podcasts that you guys listen to, uh, the Go Big Redcast. Everybody, everybody, a lot of people that are associated to hurt at sports, just like we are. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be there. Uh, your the fans, the fam, the family, the friends. They're all welcome. We're going to be out here, and we're going to be doing uh, the award show. Well, and it just got expanded too to, to include radio shows, correct? Yeah, radio shows. You can do uh, your, you know, your blog, everything like that. So, yeah. if you're looking to be involved in that at all, you can go to nbnrpodcast.com. There's a registration page there. Um, we'll have that stuff out uh, at the end of February. So. If you want to win a cool award, sign up. If you want to drink some beer, sign up. If you just want to like, just get out on a Saturday, we're bringing yeah. we're bringing the podcast community together for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. the whole who, the whole community. Who else has done this? No one. I'll no wait. one. This and is the first I, one. Kyle, the first I time. I don't know if you mentioned fans, family, whatever. It's free to yeah. show up. Yeah, it's all it's free. free. It's free to show up and yeah. hang Unless out. Unless you have a podcast, you pay us, motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have a podcast, then it's $25 just to help us out with a little bit of the cost. Yeah. The cost of the trophy. But guess what? There's five of you motherfuckers on a podcast. Split it up. Pay the damn fee. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. Yep. So that's that's <laughs> happening in August. So get get on that. Yes, I'm yelling at you, but we are we are likable people, I swear. Meet us so in person. Right. It's different. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's sign off. I am one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. Connor Cavillac. Oh, I'm Greg Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the senior analyst. The senior. senior analyst. As always, beat Michigan tomorrow. Just win, baby. And GBR. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just... You just did? You get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> got it, Muhammad. GBR. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs>